it's 10 o'clock, live from the Cambridge War Memorial. Two D-Day veterans will lead tributes at the Cambridge War Memorial this morning. In London, party leaders will take a break from election campaigning to pay their respects at the Cenotaph. The 75th anniversary of the D-Day landings was commemorated earlier this year. Armed Forces personnel will be able to use stagecoach buses free of charge across the region today and tomorrow. Free travel will be available to passengers wearing their uniform or carrying an ID card and veterans wearing their badges on all services. The Conservative Party says its research shows Labour's spending plans would leave the economy on the brink of bankruptcy. It's come up with figures claiming the bill would be over a trillion pounds across five years. Labour insists the details aren't accurate, describing the story as fake news. Train services across East Anglia are receiving an upgrade to their CCTV systems. The new internet-based cloud system will record improved images and allow for remote viewing of stations. In football, Sam Smith's last-minute goal ensured Cambridge United remained in the FA Cup and secured a replay against Exeter City following a one-all draw at the Abbey Stadium. And England's cricketers have won their T20 series against New Zealand. The fifth test was decided by a super-over in a repeat result of this summer's World Cup final. This morning's play was reduced to 11 overs for each side due to heavy rain in Auckland. And that's the latest at two minutes past ten. The weather, a cold start, then mainly fine and sunny, further rain overnight and a high of 10 degrees Celsius. Good morning for me, Julian Cloven, what's turned into a pleasant autumnal day. A bit nippy though, currently about 5 degrees Celsius. Now, this is the 80th anniversary year of the fateful events of 1939 and the 75th anniversary year of the D-Day landings. We're at the Cambridge War Memorial, just in front of the Botanic Gardens on Hills Road, our usual position, sandwiched between the memorial itself and the Mills and Reeve building, of the great, great big uh, glass building right at the foot of Station Road. Uh, this morning, we're going to be listening to the choir of St Catherine's College under Director of Music, Dr Edward Wickham. We'll hear from Dr Wickham in a few moments' time. Also, the musical accompaniment of the Waterbeach Brass. David Ammon is going to be sharing the conducting duties here uh, with Dr Wickham uh, this morning. Alongside me is Dr Sean Lang. He's the history lecturer at the Anglia Ruskin University. Welcome, Sean. Good Thank to, you very much. Good to have you with us uh, this morning. Um, the 80th anniversary year then of both, well, of 1939, the start of the Second World War, and the 75th anniversary year of the D-Day landings. There's always an anniversary that uh, seems to be not too far away for these events. Yes, it certainly does seem that way, because when you think about it, with two world wars and various events within each of them, the outbreak, D-Day, as you say, which is a very important landmark in the Second World War, and the ending of the wars, um, particular battles like the Somme or Jutland or whatever it might be. Um, yes, it's true. These are two wars which are um, full of... Uh, events very rich in experiences but also of course you've got other events um, you know other conflicts since the war and of course also marking 20 years since the end of the cold war and the fall of the berlin war yes of course, and, of course the anniversary celebrations yeah. on that taking place in berlin only yesterday I yes think, indeed uh, with, yes um, and, and very much part of the same story of the sort of continuation the same story of the two world wars the wars sort of the after effects if you like do tend to linger with us for 
for many years afterwards, of course, sometimes leading to another conflict. They uh, certainly uh, do. After yes. That. yes, in fact, after the uh, Berlin Wall came down, there was a very famous essay which got a lot of publicity at the time, saying, talking about the end of history. And, you know, I didn't buy it then and I haven't bought it since. <laughs> no, it, it carries on. We're still very much living. We're living in the aftermath of the First World War, never mind the Second. Because like only last year, we were commemorating the 100th anniversary of that. And if we go back, of course, 100 years ago, almost, to the, to the day, um, that's when one year on people were looking back at the at the horror of that first world absolutely. war absolutely in actual fact the first world war people may not realize that ended uh, not even in 1918 but 1919 so in fact we've got the uh, the centenary of that this year we had a little bit earlier in the year with the signing of the peace treaty and the peace treaty as many people people do this at school uh, was a major part of the of the causes of the second world war uh, yes. the treaty of versailles with, with germany so yes the, the this is very we're, we're very much part of this continuum it kind of goes on doesn't it let me tell everyone what's going to uh, be happening today the parade a traditional parade will leave around about 20 past that i'd say roundabout these are military people we're talking about here so it's going to be we know very precise. So we will say, we'll call it at 20 past 10, uh, veterans of the armed forces will march from Station Road to the Cambridge Mor War Memorial. They go partially up uh, the hill Hills Road, uh, turn, turn round and then form up in front of the War Memorial. Marching with them today are going to be two veterans from those D-Day landings, uh, Richard Forrester and Victor McKenzie, and they will try and uh, point them out as uh, they come by our broadcast position here. Uh, also, we're going to be having seeing members of the Cambridge Army, the Sea and Air Cadets, and the Scout Association. And indeed, every secondary school in the city has been asked to send 10 students to this event. Also expecting to see some university students uh, processing as well. Now, the service we'll hear is going to be conducted by Jonathan Knight and the music we've been hearing possibly in the background, uh, Water Beach Brass, uh, but also at the University uh, Choir, St Catherine's College, under the director of music, Dr Edward Wickham. And in the week I went along to uh, St Catherine's College and uh, talked to Dr Wickham about what we're going to hear today. Well, thank you for speaking to us. Maybe you could start off by telling us a little bit about the two choirs who are going to be hearing today. First of all, the girls' choir. Yes, well, at St Catherine's College, we have two choirs, and the girls' choir is perhaps the more unusual ensemble. When we set it up just 11 years ago, it was the first uh, children's girls' choir in a, based at a college, either in Cambridge or Oxford or indeed anywhere else. Of course, we, we know here in Cambridge about the wonderful boys' choirs at King's and John's and at Jesus. But until we set up the girls' choir, there was nothing for the girls to do. And so we're very proud to have pioneered this and, and indeed uh, doubly proud that the example has been picked up elsewhere, including in, in Oxford. And what sort of age range are we talking about here? The choir runs from uh, eight years old to 15, um, though the girls who are participating in the remembrance uh, ceremony on Sunday are the older ones, so between sort of 10 and 15. And where do they come from? From local schools, presumably? Yes, anyone who is within uh, an area that they can get to the rehearsals and performances uh, can be a, be a member. There's no designated school. Okay, and if I might call them this, then the senior choir as well. Tell me a little bit about them. 
Yes, well, this is a, a mixed choir, so of, 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 of women and men, and they are generally undergraduates at St. Catherine's College, though uh, some of them are graduates and some of them are from other colleges, but the, 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 the main uh, group are, are from St. Catherine's. And this is a choir um, much like the other college choirs, which sings and performs regularly within the chapel and um, within, within uh, uh, university terms. And the pieces which we're going to be hearing over the next little while, maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about those and uh, pick out things that people listening at home uh, should be aware of. Well, as well as some um, familiar favourite hymns such as Abide With Me and The Day Thou Gavest, Lord Is Ended, uh, we have uh, a special piece for the girls' choir which is called Lift Thine Eyes. This is a... Uh, a setting by uh, Felix Mendelssohn uh, from his wonderful oratorio, Elijah. It's a short piece um, which divides the girls into three parts and is all about um, the security and sense of comfort that, um, that, that God brings um, and is very appropriate for this particular ceremony. Um, the combined choirs, plus this wonderful water beach brass Ensemble uh, will be performing Parry's glorious I Was Glad, um, which is a great thrill for us, actually, because we, when we perform this piece, normally it's with organ, uh, but to have a, a full brass band behind us is going to be terrific. Well, I must say I'm looking forward to hearing St Catherine's Choir performing Lift Thine Eyes. I remember doing that myself uh, many a year ago as uh, part of my own uh, chorister days, which is some time back now. Right, this is Cambridge 105 Radio. We're live from the Cambridge War Memorial of this morning. And not just the events here, of course, there's some other ones uh, which are happening around the county. Uh, let me quickly run through some of those for you. Uh, Bar Hill, they're getting underway roundabout now. They'll be having a short parade, then a service at the village church. Over in Chesterton, also a 10 o'clock start for them for the remembrance service in St Andrew's Church. In Cottenham, half past 10, they'll be starting their parade and ceremony at the War Memorial. As we might expect, there's an event at Duxford, at the Imperial War Museum. Numerous events taking place there during the course of the day, including a service and march. Uh, Ely, half past 11 this morning. That's when the parade marches off uh, from St Mary's Green towards the cathedral uh, for the service there. Uh, Fullbourne, 10 o'clock start, uh, already underway then at St Andrew's Church on Cambridge Road. Harston is this afternoon at 2.45, a service at the Monument, uh, followed by a full service of remembrance in All Saints Church at 10 past three. Uh, Histon, that's at the War Memorial, already underway there at 9.30 start, quite early up. And uh, Sean Lang, who's with me, often I think go to the, the event at Sawston, yes, which is right. uh, <laughs> yes. at nine o'clock start. Um, but there's also uh, an act of remembrance taking place at the uh, Connington War Memorial at uh, half past two. And at 2.45, the Home War Memorial. Now, that's interesting. There's a couple of memorials uh, there, rather than normally there's just one in most, yes, most, in most places. places. Yes, that, that yeah. is unusual. Yeah. Um, so um, at two o'clock, with a parade outside of the Village College gates in Sand Street at two o'clock. And I should also quickly mention here in Cambridge, a little later on today, uh, Salvation Army holding their Festival of Remembrance, which will feature the Royal Army Medical Corps uh, with special guest, the D-Day uh, veteran and Commissioner Harry Reid. And that's taking place at the Cambridge Citadel on Tennyson Road at six o'clock. 
We do have a couple of uh, D-Day veterans who will be uh, marching off uh, very shortly at 20 past 10 from Station Road. They'll be coming down uh, towards us. We are located between the War Memorial itself and the Mills and Reeve uh, building. The big glass structure, I'm sure you're very familiar with it. We're very familiar with it as well because they're good enough to uh, provide us with teas and coffees. It does get a, a little bit cold on these, uh, on these days. So our thanks as always to the staff uh, for opening up the building on uh, Sunday morning for us. Uh, and Sean, um, you were mentioning there whilst that uh, piece we were hearing was playing that uh, your own father uh, was involved in D-Day. He was indeed. He was uh, a naval... Well, if he was a naval officer. He was at Sword Beach, at the very sort of um, eastern end of D-Day. Uh, he was in charge of a landing craft, and he was 19 years old. And when I see some of the, uh, the service personnel here, and you do <laughs> inevitably sort of think, gosh, they do look young, and you think, wait a minute, is that that sort of age that they're given that sort of uh, responsibility in battle? With I'm told, I don't know if it's, I'm open to correction, but I'm um, told he was the youngest naval commander of a vessel anywhere on D-Day. Um, so it's, it's, we're, we're very proud it's of that. It's quite an amazing piece yeah. of, of, of family history. But as, as we know, those, those taking part were very young. They in, were, in, yes. In, in, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Who, the, the, how would it have been formed up out of Cambridge? Where would a, a young man from Cambridge, if they'd either signed up or been called up, where, where would they have gone to? What would their, their, their path, if you like, well, have been uh, from a lot of, of course, a lot of the people from this area served in the Far East. Um, and so a lot of them were in Burma. Uh, and, of course, people taken, taken prison. Ronald Searle, of course, the, uh, the, the artist uh, and, and alumnus of Cambridge School of Art, ended up in a Japanese prison war camp. So that's the, a, a lot of people there. But in the Second World War, actually, people got called up, particularly as the war went on, into all sorts of different regiments. So although the Cambridgeshire Regiment, which is linked with the, the Suffolk Regiment, Although that's the sort of first port of call, actually you'll find people would, would be serving all, um, all around the, all, all, in different regiments. So if you like, they're filling in the yeah. gaps and where, 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 where the men were needed, they would be sent oh, yeah. to and into yeah. whatever yeah. regiment was, yeah. was serving in that particular area and, at the time. And, and this was even the case in the First World War. In the First World War, you start off with your local regiment. That was very much the case. But as the war went on, again, people got uh, sent into all sorts of different regiments. You know, you get Englishmen from... You get Cockneys put into Highland regiments and this sort of thing. So, yes. uh, so yeah, the, the, the uh, very close link begins to get a bit stretched. So it's not as straightforward as we, we it's might, not as straightforward, we might no, imagine. No, no, no. Uh, obviously, first. the great majority are, are in the local ones, yeah. Yes, of yeah. course. And, and, in the, and in the First World War, it was that similar... Was it, similar kind of path as well? Well, yes, of course, up until the, the Battle of the Somme, because that, in, the, in the First World War that they had the idea of the PALS battalions. Uh, that is to say, getting groups of friends from, because they were workmates, or they'd all, they're in the same village, or even sometimes in the same street, serving together. And in some ways, it was quite good psychology, because you sort of fight for your mates, as all um, military analysis sort of shows. But of course, that's fine until you have very heavy losses. And then the losses on the First World War, and particularly the first day of the Somme, were so great that that idea was broken. They said, no, 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 we were not going down that line again, because it's too devastating for the yeah. communities. Let me just tell you what's uh, happening here at the moment. We are awaiting the parade, which will come. Uh, down Station Road in front of the shawl and hearing faint sounds of the piper which always uh, brings me to attention because that kind of indicates that something is going to be happening in the next few minutes or so. We've got members of Water Beach Brass um, dressed in bright blue blazers. There's a yellow trim around the cuffs and around the collars there uh, putting their pieces of music uh, together. You'll be hearing from them shortly and indeed 
uh, from St. Catherine's Choir. They were, they were rehearsing, they were rehearsing when I got here, which was about quarter past nine. They've, I think, tucked into the warm at the moment for a short while. I can't say I blame them either. And they will be uh, coming out and joining uh, with the parade. Seeing as well, Mayor of Cambridge, Councillor uh, Jerry Bird, um, bedecked in, I guess, the full ceremonial robes, uh, Sean. And, and I never know how, how best to describe the, the hat. I only ever see the mayor wear it uh, at this time of the year, just uh, shaking is, the hand of one of the officers It is a the tricorn hat. A tricorn It means three horns, because it's a three-cornered one. Uh, it's a, a triangle thing. And uh, I have to say, I, it's my theory of mine, that no one looks bad in a tricorn hat. I think you're probably <laughs> right about that. Certainly, um, uh, the mayor this morning uh, looking very resplendent, uh, dressed in red, accompanied by Sam as as always uh, uh, looking after things i'm noticing also some other media around and i think the gentleman there is from the bbc he's just uh, taken some uh, some shots you'll probably see them on your television screen a little later if you want to watch some video now though if you go to our website cambridge 105 dot co dot uk either follow the poppy icon or go cambridge 105 dot co dot uk slash video and that will take you to a video stream of the events here uh, this morning and um, you'll be able to watch the entire service with a couple of uh, cameras here at our position and we'll bring you that in full. I noticed there's a gentleman who has pulled up on a scooter. I'm no good at scooters. I need my breakfast colleague Lucy Milazzo to uh, inform me as to whether or not that actually is a Vespa. Uh, the gentleman there, he is dressed in his uh, just army fatigues and jeans, but he's uh, sporting some medals. Uh, clearly a serviceman um, from recent service by the looks of things. Um, and I guess that's kind of the thing really, Sean, isn't it? We've got the, the veterans, the two D-Day veterans who are here with us this morning, but at the same time, we have to remember there are the other conflicts which have taken place since the end of the Second World War. With one small break, which is in the year 1968, the British Army has been in, on active service somewhere in the world continuously. Um, in fact, from before the First World War, you, you can take it back a long way. But, uh, oh yes, you know, with Northern Ireland, uh, with various colonial wars in the, in the 50s and 60s, uh, Korea, Korea, of course, um, and there are recent wars in the Gulf and then Afghanistan. Um, it, it never stops. And I guess now continuing, we, we forget, there are still soldiers out there on, on active services at the behest of the, uh, of the British government. They are indeed, yes. So, you know, when you, when you become uh, Prime Minister, it's thought actually for election times, you know, and the, the Prime Minister does have uh, command immediately of, uh, well, not the Queen is the Supreme Commander, as it were, but, but the uh, Prime Minister has that authority um, immediately, and one of the first things they do when you become Prime Minister is to tell you all about that. Yeah, that's one of, the, one of the things, I guess, and one of the reasons why the Cabinet remains in place during, yes. the, during yes. the general election. It's interesting, because when later on uh, the various reeves are presented at the Cambridge War Memorial, one of them, we will assume, will be presented uh, by Daniel Zeichner, who technically is our last MP rather than That's our, right. our current yes. MP, because yes. we don't have MPs because at the there, moment. there is no parliament at the moment. Um, ministers are appointed by the Crown, and that's why they continue as ministers, even when there is no parliament. So it's not just... Because, of course, some of them are lords. Um, so uh, 
uh, it's not by, actually by virtue of their being elected that they are ministers, they're ministers because they're appointed by the Crown and therefore can continue. And because uh, yeah, you never know what will happen. Absolutely, Mark yeah. Waterbeach Brass uh, taking uh, their places now, just looking around. There's a small police presence, not, uh, uh, not much really required for uh, these events. The crowds are uh, stretching from just outside of Kett House, really, is where I think this will be the end of the line. It's Kett House, of course, if you're uh, driving up the hills road out of Cambridge, perhaps, uh, you'll recognise Kett House on the left with what I think is a tree. It's quite difficult Ooh, to tell, Oh, I'll tell you what really. that is. Uh -huh. That is the, the tree, and Kett was, he led a rebellion in, in East Anglia in Tudor times, and they met for their prayer service under a tree, and that's what that is showing. So there are people, aren't there, underneath yeah, the tree? In 1549, it's Kett's rebellion, and it was against um, uh, changes in land and enclosure and that, that sort of thing, um, and uh, they were being thrown out of uh, out of any sort of a living. So, no, I knew there was a reason why we yeah. asked a history lecturer to come and join us this morning. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean Lang is uh, joining us on Cambridge 105's radio's uh, remembrance uh, coverage uh, today. We're here with you uh, all the way through until half past 11, and uh, we will include, of course, the two-minute silence at 11 o'clock this morning. Then Linda Ness will take over at 11.30 with Sunday brunch. The parade is uh, next on our thoughts. Uh, we're going to be watching out for two D-Day veterans who are going to be joining the parade this morning. Richard Forrester, who was actually chatting to members of St Catherine's Choir a little earlier on, 93 years old, a former light infra infantryman with the 2nd Battalion of the King's Royal Rifles Corps. He took part in the push from Normandy to Belgium in the summer of 1944. Um, after which he served 50 years as a London cab driver, <laughs> I, I, I learned. And this is quite interesting because he's one of the last surviving ex-cabbies to have served at D-Day and in the Normandy campaign that followed. He's a brave man because the Normandy campaign was very, very difficult and very heavy losses. And we tend to think once you've landed at D-Day, sort of that's it, and the next thing you know you're, you're walking into Berlin. It wasn't like that at all. And the, the fighting that followed in the Normandy countryside was was a sort of Second World War version of the, you know, the fighting in the First World War. So what sort very, of, very what, in, in terms of time, what sort of period did that then take place over? Uh, well, the uh, landing is uh, 6th of June, and you're talking about the rest of, uh, most of the rest of June uh, is taken trying to fight through out of Normandy. It's, they've had very sort of narrow lanes, very big hedges on either side. Doesn't sound much, but actually they're very solid. And uh, it's almost like sort of trenches. And you could have a tank, you know, a German tank on one side of a hedge and you on the other without realising that the other was there. Um, very, very difficult and uh, took a lot of fighting. The whole city of Caen in France was virtually destroyed in bombing in order to try to get out of the, uh, uh, the, the Normandy um, you know, zone, if you like, mm. to, to break through. So, yes, if you fight through that Normandy, campaign you've really gone, gone through war and the period then between D-Day and I guess VE Day was was it then the yeah. most significant event after that? What was the uh, the time span there? Well, um, you've got just under a year, uh, really, because it's May in '45 was uh, mm. VE Day. So you've, you know you've got the sort of fighting up three fronts. As I say, first of all, out of uh, uh, out of Normandy, um, Paris is liberated in August, and then they, you know moving, and then they start moving very fast, and then they um, then you have the famous Arnhem campaign, the the um, bridge too far. The market operational market guard. Yeah. Um, so yes, it was very, and, and of course that was a failure. Um, so it's it's a it's a, a the year's, famous bridge too far. Bridge too far. Yeah. That's right. So it's a year's campaign, a year's fighting. It's not over at D-Day. Yeah, I think people need to really remember that when they they listen to our, our coverage this morning. Uh, Victor McKenzie, who is 95, is our other D-Day veteran who's uh, marching.
uh, in the parade uh, this morning. Just 20 years old, so a year older uh, than yeah. your, your, your yeah. own father when he served uh, with the Royal Army Service Corps on D-Day. Um, he, again, I think was in involved in um, Normandy as well. Now, the parade should be getting underway in the next few moments or so. Certainly there's um, lots of people um, around us now. The, um, uh, really going through, I mentioned the, the start at Cat House. It goes through to uh, the Charcoal Grill, as it is now. I'm trying to remember what that was, Lion. I'm convinced it wasn't the Charcoal Grill last year, but I just can't remember um, what, it, what it was. Um, anyway, I there think are, it was a North African restaurant. Was it a North African I restaurant? So, yes. Okay, in between Smokeworks, which uh, uh, was, was here, although for many years, of course, that was the Station Tavern, I think that was uh, at the... At, at that time, uh, and curiously, the Norfolk Street Bakery Hills Road branch is at the, uh, <laughs> at the end of that little row with, with people, I'd say, uh, probably about, it depends on where you are, really, uh, but um, in a row, sometimes two or three deep, uh, some people uh, on the island, of course, uh, in between uh, the traffic lights, uh, some uh, people coming along here, uh, Daniel Zeichner, as we mentioned, the former MP uh, for Cambridge, standing for election of course, uh, in the general election on the 12th of December. Uh, he's uh, just coming through, so he'll obviously be laying a wreath later on. He's actually clutching it in his, in his left hand there, uh, being accompanied by a member, I think, of the... Naval Cadets. Naval Cadets, that's right. Waterbeat brass striking up here. just uh, making their move here, uh, dressed in uh, very traditional uh, robes uh, with a, with a, a plum uh, un under cassock and then uh, the white uh, on top of that. Uh, Dr Edward Wickham is uh, behind, we heard from him earlier, is going to be conducting uh, them this morning and also part of the time be uh, taking control of the Water Beach brass as well. As you heard Dr Wickham tell us, there's uh, two sets to the choir if you like. Uh, there's the girls' choir which was formed around about 10 years ago. I mean, of course, Cambridge is very familiar for the boys' choir of King's College, who were here this time last year. Um, but it was thought that, well, about time that the girls' choir was established as well. Also members of the University Choir of St. Catherine's College as well. Uh, various other people now uh, coming in, uh, some of the veterans as well, uh, bedecked with medals from many years of service. Cambridge, we've got a, a regular issue of bicycle uh, riders uh, trying to do their best to navigate through. I suspect they won't be getting very far this morning. I uh, should also mention there are road closures both here and across the county uh, this morning for the various um, services. I think here on Hills Road, uh, the closures will be in place until around about a quarter past 11 uh, once the service is complete.
music of Water Beach Brass striking up there. I suspect we will be seeing the parade uh, joining us in a few moments' time. I'm just uh, noticing for the first time, actually, I can't recall having seen them in previous years, but members of what I would now... I was, uh, my instinct is fire, fire service, but I'm not entirely sure, Sean, as to... Like, they look like the uh, firefighters to me. Yes, I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's possible. There's about half a dozen or so yeah. uh, with uh, a sort of um, black outfit, I would describe it as. It's more of an outfit than a uniform, but certainly some, uh, some day-glow stripes. And uh, just to make it very clear as to who, who they are, they do uh, have they're mostly yellow helmets. There's uh, one gentleman in the middle uh, with a, uh, a white helmet on. But it's uh, good to see our firefighters uh, joining us uh, this morning at the Remembrance Sunday service. The uh, Water Beach Brass are just looking through their music, so I wonder if they might be about to play us uh, something else. I was listening for the sound of the pipe, of course, in the background, which yeah, is uh, always the sign for these things. Yeah. And here we have the sound of the pipe, and not the usual pipe. Normally it's Russ McPherson, the councillor from Cherry Hinton, but uh, uh, Mr McPherson is currently Deputy Mayor, so I dare say he has other duties to do this morning. So uh, Lawrence is our piper, and uh, he is from Edinburgh, but uh, currently residing at Trinity Hall. And with the sound of our piper, we can see the parade currently approaching us from Station Road. They form up at the sides, the various buildings belonging to well, a number of technology companies, of course, including Microsoft amongst them. And they, that's where everybody waits ahead of the parade. They uh, come through with the various flags uh, indicating as to who they are and also their regiment to which they belong. <coughs> uh, Sean, how, how old will the, some of these flags be? I dare say they will, there will be new ones, but there'll be a lot of tradition behind some as well. Oh, indeed, yes. Um, and the British Legion, um, which has its origins, uh, again, sort of going back to the uh, period of immediate last of the First World War, and I think in many cases the flags um, you know, are the original ones that they had, although uh, I suppose it depends what state it gets into, doesn't it? <laughs> I guess it possibly does. I did actually have a, a friend, a, a friend's father actually makes the things, believe it or not, in, in his retirement. He sort of, um, I think he started off with some of the union flags and then is called upon by all sorts of, uh, yes. of, of organisations across There's the country to make them. You might think. <laughs> it, it, it always amazes me. I, yeah. I, I had interviewed a South African in connection with the rugby uh, the other day and he, he produced a flag with him as well at, uh, at, at short notice. Now, participating in the parade, of course, we've got veterans of the armed forces of the uh, Cambridgeshire Army and Sea Cadets, uh, the Scout Movement and the Salvation Army. I learned that there are within Cambridgeshire 775 cadets and 160 adult volunteers in 29 detachments of Sea Cadets, of course, based on uh, Cheddar's Lane. And we're just uh, seeing them led by our Piper Lawrence passes here outside of the Mills and Reeve building. I'm seeing the Padre, uh, Jonathan Knight, who will be conducting the service. He's just uh, mingling in with the crowds as he moves towards his position. What will happen now is that the parade will pass us here, and uh, young and old really marching. I'm just uh, seeing if we can see 
our D-Day veterans Richard Forrester and Victor McKenzie who are joining us this morning and forming up now right in front of the War Memorial. coming in from both sides really from both Station Road and forming up uh, directly there and also having uh, marched from Hills Road as well some naval cadets I believe just coming past us now and uh, plenty more uh, behind also some school children are mingled in with the parade as well this morning each school in the area was invited to send 10 pupils to us to pay their respects to their elders uh, some scouts, uh, also uh, the junior scouts there too. And I'm just looking there is another band I didn't quite recognise. Cambridge International, I think that's said. There may be another word which obscured, but that banner, bedecked in poppies, uh, just there at the end of the Mills and Reeve building. And uh, some of the military now turning towards us, all formed up. And the Piper Lawrence is continuing as the uh, Padre uh, just checks everything is okay. Has a quick word with uh, some of the cadets. Uh, these particular cadets actually are in uh, a day glow uh, jacket just to uh, make clear that they're the ones who are going to uh, marshal people to the correct positions. people moving in now some of the uh, senior members i think of the uh, british legion carrying their wreaths that they will lay a little later on uh, this morning they are sort of lining up surrounding uh, the cambridge war memorial known as the home company homecoming uh, tate mckenzie a canadian uh, was behind all of this and depicts of course a private from the cambridgeshire regiment uh, looking up to station road and longing for his colleagues to return. Now when service gets underway, it will begin with uh, a speech uh, from a Mr Chamberlain, which you may recognise. After which the Padre Jonathan Knight uh, will give his introduction.
just bothered a mother and uh, child around about six or seven looking in from the Botanic Gardens, which is adjacent to the War Memorial here, and looking from the other side. This is Cambridge 105 Radio with coverage from the War Memorial in Cambridge of the 2019 Remembrance Sunday service. And Padre Jonathan Knight is just about to approach the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, a very warm welcome to you once again to our Civic Remembrance Parade. This year we're thinking strangely perhaps of the 80th anniversary of the outbreak of the Second World War and of course of the 75th anniversary of D-Day two gentlemen seated there are D-Day veterans they'll be participating in the service in a moment of silence let us call to mind the divine presence with us now I am speaking to you from the cabinet room at number 10 Downing Street. This morning, the British ambassador in Berlin handed the German government a final note, stating that, unless we heard from them by 11 o'clock, that they were prepared at once to withdraw their troops from Poland, a state of war would exist between us. I have to tell you now that no such undertaking has been received and that consequently, this country is at war with Germany. 
We in France are today, in fulfillment of our obligations, going to the aid of Poland, who is so bravely resisting this wicked and unprovoked attack upon her people. We have a clear conscience. I know that you will all play your part with calmness and courage. At such a moment as this, the assurances of support which we have received from the Empire are a source of profound encouragement to us. The government have made plans under which it will be possible to carry on the work of the nation in the days of stress and strain that may be ahead. But these plans need your help. You may be taking your part in the fighting services or as a volunteer in one of the branches of civil defence. If so, you will report for duty in accordance with the instructions you receive. You may be engaged in work essential to the prosecution of war, for the maintenance of the life of the people, in factories, in transport, in public utility concerns, or in the supply of other necessaries of life. If so, it is of vital importance that you should carry on with your jobs. Now, may God bless you all and may he defend the right for it is evil things that we shall be fighting against. Brute force, bad faith, injustice, oppression, and persecution. And against them, I am certain that the right will prevail. The words of our then Prime Minister, Mr Chamberlain, on the 3rd of September 1939. It was a hot summer's Sunday. My grandmother, when I was much younger, used to tell me about it. She heard it on the home service of the BBC. This is not a glorification of war, as of course you know, this is a celebration of peace. And by God's own grace, we now live in happier and hopefully soon to be more unified times. And in that spirit, we sing our opening hymn, All People That On Earth Do Dwell.
The course of the Second World War was a difficult one. We think today of the brilliant contribution of the RAF and their Polish and Commonwealth allies in the Battle of Britain, of the Allied retreat from Dunkirk in 1940, and of the spectacular success of Operation Chariot in 1942 when 600 men sailed from Falmouth in Cornwall and blew up the dry dock in Saint-Nazaire, winning five Victoria Crosses. We think especially today, in the presence of two men who were there, of the great and glorious triumph of D-Day, when the Allied forces set sail from the English south coast and landed on the beaches of Normandy to begin the liberation of Europe. On the eve of D-Day, General Sir Bernard Montgomery wrote a message to every serviceman about to embark for the coastline of France. The time has come to deal the enemy a terrific blow in Western Europe. The blow will be struck by the combined sea, land and air forces of the Allies together, constituting one great Allied team under the supreme command of General Eisenhower. On the eve of this great adventure, I send my best wishes to every soldier in the Allied team. To us is given the honour of striking a blow for freedom which will live in history. And in the better days that lie ahead, men will speak of pride of our doings. We have a great and righteous cause. Let us pray that the Lord mighty in battle will go forth with our armies and that his special providence will aid us in the struggle. I want every soldier to know that I have complete confidence in the successful outcomes of the operations that we are now about to begin. With stout hearts and enthusiasm for the contest, let us go forward to victory. Good luck to each one of you and good hunting on the mainland of Europe. My name is Peter Wathers and I am the President of St Catherine's College here in Cambridge. Like all Cambridge colleges, St Catherine's lost many of its students in the First and Second Wars. In this reading taken from Ephesians and Romans, St Paul speaks of the reconciliation of nations and the triumph of peace over war through Jesus Christ. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far off have been brought near in the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law of commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. So then, if God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also give us all things with him? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, 
or peril or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That, of course, is a truly Christian reading, but this is not just a Christian service. We're joined this morning by Dr. Ed Kessler, representing the Jewish community, and we have a representative of the Muslim community in Cambridge too, both of whom will lay a wreath. There is one hymn we couldn't fail to sing. We're going to sing it now. It's that old, well-known military hymn, Abide With Me, Fast Falls the Eventide.
And as ever, we begin that with a reading from Pilgrim's Progress. I see myself now at the end of my journey. My toilsome days are ended. I am going now to see that head that was crowned with thorns and that face that was spat upon for me. I have formerly lived by hearsay and faith, but now I go where I shall live by sight and shall be with him in whose company I delight myself. I have loved to hear my Lord spoken of, and wherever I have seen the print of his shoe in the earth, there I have coveted to set my foot to. His name to me has been as a civet box, yea, sweeter than all perfume. His voice to me has been most sweet, and his countenance I have more desired than they that have most desired the light of the sun. His word I did use to gather for my food and for antidotes against my faintings. He has held me and hath kept me from mine iniquities. Yea, my steps hath he strengthened in his way. Glorious it was to see how the open region was filled with horses and chariots, with trumpeters and pipers, with singers and players on stringed instruments to welcome the pilgrims as they went up and followed one another in at the beautiful gate of the city. They shall not grow old as we who are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn at the going down of the sun, and in the morning we will remember them. We will, we will remember, remember them. them.
pull you into Kahila. At the close of battle on D-Day, 6th of June 1944, 4,400 Allied soldiers had been killed, another 6,000 had been wounded. Corporal Victor Mackenzie, this gentleman here, had landed on Gold Beach with the Royal Army's Service Corps. Rifleman Richard Forrester, this gentleman here was still on the south coast waiting to embark. Richard landed on Juno Beach, the Canadian beach, on the 7th of June at 6 o'clock in the evening. And Company Sergeant Major Stan Hollis, 6th Battalion Green Howards, had been awarded the Victoria Cross for single-handedly taking out two German pillboxes. Only one VC on D-Day. Others were to follow. Let us remember before Almighty God and commend into his sure keeping the fallen heroes of the Battle of Normandy. We think especially of John Padmore Noble, a vicar's son from Kent. Captain Royal Horse Artillery, killed in his tank on the 8th of June 1944, D-Day plus two, he's buried in Sully. Go forth upon your journey from this world, O Christian souls. In the name of God the Father who created you. In the name of God the Son who died for you. In the name of God, the Holy Spirit, who loves you. And we love you too. And here in Cambridge, we remember you today. May your portion this day be in peace and your dwelling in the heavenly Jerusalem.
when you go home, tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow we gave our today. So we come to the moment of the wreath laying. Everybody is welcome to lay a wreath without exception, but please follow the instructions of our wreath marshal, Lieutenant Swift. beautiful sound of the choir of St. Catherine's College with Lift Thine Eyes as we move into music from the Water Beach Brass. Uh, of course, uh, Nimrod, the appropriate piece of music as the various reef layers approach the Cambridge War Memorial. At the front are two veterans from the D-Day landings we heard from both Richard Forrester and Victor Mackenzie during the course of the service. They're each taking a reading and now coming up to begin the wreath laying. Uh, Padre Jonathan Knight also accompanying uh, Richard Forrester at the moment. Uh, Victor Mackenzie in front of them, uh, flanked at uh, either side uh, by a member of the armed forces. of K. 
Cambridgeshire and uh, County President of the Royal British Legion, Colonel Roger Harriot, uh, OBE, laying uh, his wreath in uh, full dress uh, this morning. He's been a Deputy Lieutenant, incidentally, uh, since 2013. Mayor of Cambridge, Councillor Jerry Bird, now moving round to the front of the memorial. Handed her wreath, which is then placed in the centre of, if you like, the, the front panel as it uh, faces out on Hills Road and watched over, of course, by the, uh, the Padre, just standing a few steps back there. The military at the same time, there's representatives, as we heard earlier, from all of the services here today and also the Air and Sea Cadets as well. Vice-Chancellor of Cambridge University, Stephen Toop, is about to lay his wreath as accompanied uh, by a number four people as well uh, from the university. He is uh, uh, dressed uh, in mortarboard style on the, uh, on the top of his head. We we'll need that today to uh, protect a little bit uh, from the cold. He lays his wreath down. Of course, uh, Dr Toop is a Canadian, as is was Dr. Robert Tate Mackenzie, who designed the War Memorial in Cambridge, known as the Homecoming. And they all take off their hats and uh, remembrance and uh, move away back to their positions. And a rather healthy lineup uh, behind the War Memorial of um, dignitaries waiting to uh, lay their own reefs at the memorial. Soldiers of all ages here.
the choir of St. Catherine's College there, and uh, that piece was called Immortal Love. While that was happening, some more reefs were being laid, including as well a chorister uh, from St. Catherine's and also uh, members of the Jewish and Muslim communities, servicemen and women, and the now former MP of Cambridge, Daniel Zeichner, who may very well be our MP again. That's the and general election is with us on the 12th of December. Uh, we shall see in the fullness of time. In the meanwhile, uh, various more members of the military, uh, young and old, it has to be said, been laying their wreaths, this time at the back of the War Memorial here in Cambridge, located, of course, at the uh, bottom of Station Road, adjacent to the Botanical Gardens. Moved a few years ago uh, from the centre, really seem appropriate that it should be in the middle of the traffic island as the road was reconstructed around so it was moved to its present location outside of the botanical gardens i believe a couple of members of st john ambulance now just uh, laying uh, their own wreaths and of course we must remember their service at various events around the city and south cambridgeshire and very much beyond as well uh, some members now of the scout movement uh, coming in, also uh, looks like uh, police cadet as well is there on uh, the other side. It's quite a little operation in order to make sure that everybody uh, gets their turn in order to uh, lay their wreaths and pay their respect. The scouts there, there's uh, one, two, uh, three, four of them, uh, including a beaver, which I recognise from the uh, turquoise uniform there. Uh, their scout leader just taking them back across the Hills Road, where they'll no doubt be. Uh, marching out in a short while's time. Must commend the work of our Piper Lawrence, who we heard uh, from a little earlier on today. He is from Edinburgh, of course, and uh, currently and studying at uh, Trinity College. His work has been uh, very much appreciated. And it's a nice member of the uh, biking community there. I think also that might have been the gentleman we saw on the little Vespa bike earlier on. Not entirely sure about that, but he too uh, lays his wreath. He's got, uh, I think it's possibly a different person, some levers on with a, a Union Jack on the back. Back to Padre Jonathan Knight. In the 75th anniversary year of D-Day. Some of us went over for the 6th of June, the very secret ceremony, not attended by any of us, I might say, was dedicated the new memorial to our D-Day veterans at Vers-sur-Mer. St. Catherine's College Choir are now going to sing an anthem very suitable for that dedication, an anthem that was sung at the coronation of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth in 1953, Sir Hubert's Parry's I Was Glad. <laughs>
And so we come to our prayers. O oh, eternal Lord God, who alone spreadest out the heavens and rulest the raging of the sea, who hast compassed the waters with bounds until day and night come to an end. Be pleased to receive into thy almighty and most gracious protection the persons of us, thy servants, and the fleet in which we serve. Preserve us from the dangers of the sea and of the air and from the violence of the enemy that we may be a safeguard unto our most gracious sovereign lady, Queen Elizabeth and her dominions, and a security for such as pass on the seas upon their lawful occasions, that the inhabitants of our islands may in peace and quietness serve thee, our God, and that we may return in safety to enjoy the blessings of the land 
with the fruits of our labours and with a thankful remembrance of thy mercies to praise and glorify thy holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose true soldiers stand in danger every hour, grant to us, the Royal Anglian Regiment, and to all the forces of the Crown, that having passed through perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea, and having known the trials of battle, we may never wander from thy commandments, nor make shipwreck of our faith, but fight the good fight. Amen. Almighty God, who makest the clouds thy chariots and walkest upon the wings of the storm, look in mercy, we beseech thee, upon the Royal Air Force. Make us a tower of strength to our Queen and to our country. Help us to do our duty with prudence and with fearlessness, confident that in life or in death, the eternal God is our refuge and strength. Grant this for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. A prayer for the University of Cambridge. O God of justice, truth and peace, hear us as we remember before you the members and staff of our university who gave themselves to the cause of freedom in time of war. As we recall those who fought at sea, on land and in the air, we also remember those whose minds drove technological advance or undermined enemy intelligence and those whose medical skill and care eased the pain of the wounded. Bless our own generation with a vision of a harmonious world, that our energies may be given to the task of improving the lives of all. Amen. A prayer for peace from the young people of Cambridge. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. 
as County President of Cambridgeshire Royal British Legion, the British Legion Prayer. We yield thee hearty thanks, most merciful Father, that thou hast put into the heart of these are thy servants to join together in the fellowship of the Royal British Legion in this place and to desire to carry out its aims and purposes. Let thy fatherly hand ever be over them, let thy Holy Spirit ever be with them, and so guide their meetings that they may set forth thy glory and help forward all great works to which they have given themselves, so that by their witness and their labours, the spirit of love and comradeship among those who have served may advance in this place, and loyalty and devotion to the Queen and country may be established thereon a sure foundation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray in confidence the words that our Saviour taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. I will now recite the Kaddish, a Jewish prayer of mourning in Aramaic for those who died at Bergen-Belsen, which include the child diarist Anne Frank and the six million Jews and five million others who perished in the Holocaust. Yikadal v'yikadash shemeraba b'alma divra chirite v'yamlech marchute Amen. Vachayim aleni v'yarkol Yisrael v'yimru amen. O se shalom b'mromav, hu ya'ase shalom. Aleni v'yarkol Yisrael v'yarkol b'nei adam v'yimru amen. And as we now reach the end of our service, we sing the eventide hymn, The Day Thou Gavest, Lord is Ended.
God grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the church, the queen, the commonwealth, and all mankind, peace and concord, and to us and all his servants, life everlasting. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon the city and the University of Cambridge, this day and evermore. Amen.
Lord Nelson on the eve of the Battle of Trafalgar. May the great God whom I worship grant to my country and for the benefit of Europe in general a great and glorious victory and may no misconduct in anyone tarnish it. And may humanity after victory be the predominant feature in the British fleet. For myself individually, I commit my life to him that made me, and may his blessing alight on my endeavours for serving my country faithfully. To him I resign myself, and the just cause which is entrusted to me to defend. Amen, amen, amen. And so, fortified by none other than the Admiral himself, let us go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. God save the Queen.
And as you probably picked up there, a turn to the right for our parade. They are now facing down and towards, I guess, Gonville Place direction is the best description of that, uh, away from, or well, the same direction technically in which they came in, uh, from down the hills road this morning. There's various other events going on in Cambridge now. I believe there's a reception at the Guildhall and there has also been a service this morning at Great St Mary's Church, the University Church. The uh, various members of the armed forces and also the cadets who we mentioned to you a little earlier on are now uh, making their way uh, down Hills Road towards the Regent Street uh, direction. They do, I think, stop and turn at uh, some point. Keep an eye on where those flags are at the front of the parade to see exactly what they're doing. Naval cadets now uh, passing in front of us and the War Memorial here. Uh, Padre Jonathan Knight just uh, going over to give his thanks to the Water Beach Brass. They might about be a going to strike up again to us. I believe they would be ruffling their, uh, their musical papers. And also you'd have heard the beautiful choir of St Catherine's College as well under the direction of Dr. Edward Wickham. Dr. Sean Lang is still alongside me from the Anglia Ruskin University, history lecturer there. I'm reminded, Sean, of the, who was the American president who uh, died after catching a chill at his inauguration? I kind of, oh, uh, gosh, I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel a little bit like him at this, uh, <laughs> at this moment uh, in time. Uh, the choir, incidentally, yes. just uh, passing by in, uh, in, in front of us. I believe the uh, Water Beach Brass are about to uh, start off, so uh, we'll uh, gently move over here. We enjoy the music of the brass band, of course, but uh, we also need to have a quick chat with Sean before we hand you back to, uh, uh, to, to Gwider Street. It's amazing, a, a service like this has probably gone, in certain modifications, virtually unchanged uh, since the first one 100 years ago. Yes, this is a wonderful example of the way we do sort of create traditions uh, in this country, and uh, all the symbolism, the, the lowering of the flags and the raising and the choice of music has, has remained fairly constant. Yeah. And some fantastic music here today as well from the choir of St Catharines and also uh, Water Beach Brass. It seems like one of those, it feels very Cambridge-y kind of yeah, event. Really, it is, and, it? and blended very well, I thought. Um, yeah. And not an easy thing to do, actually, with a choir and a brass band. It's no, it's not a, a it's combination you can get. Quite a, quite a nice, nice little mix there. The uh, parade has now turned around the flags, we can see, uh, rising above, and they're heading up Station Road, no, back, no doubt back to uh, where they started. I can also now finally see the final part of that uh, banner I was telling you about earlier. It is the Cambridge International School. So that uh, wonderful banner, actually. I suspect they possibly made it within the school itself uh, with poppies uh, all the way around that. It's white with uh, some fairly distinctive uh, blue lettering. They're one of a number of schools. I think St Mary's was also another one who had some representatives uh, here today. But gradually, uh, the crowd are disbanding. I can see the scouts uh, just heading up Station Road at that point. Uh, people slowly moving away. I can see uh, Mayor of Cambridge, Councillor Jerry Bird. Uh, she's still here, along with some members of the University Party as well, who were laying the reefs a little earlier on. Uh, 
certainly a tremendous uh, turnout here uh, today and uh, I'd like to thank you for joining us for our coverage this morning. Thank you very much, Sean. I hope you didn't great get pleasure. too cold during the course <laughs> of the, uh, the last couple of hours or so, but great to have you with us. Uh, also thanks to our engineering team as well, uh, to Rob and Dom looking after us on this outside broadcast. Coming up then at 2 o'clock this afternoon, the edition of Flavour That Wasn't. If you missed it yesterday due to those power cuts, you can hear the episode in full uh, this afternoon at 2 o'clock. I'm Julian Clover. Thank you for joining me. We'll now hand you back to the studios in Gwinder Street and Sunday Brunch with Linda Ness. And we're now back in the studio following that moving ceremony where the wreaths were laid at the Cambridge Memorial. Thank you very much to Julian Clover and the Cambridge 105 tech team for bringing that to us this morning. And uh, thanks, of course, to all of the participants that took part in the service. Cambridge 105 Radio.